And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a fantastic week. A uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Nick Lindquist. Always a great time talking to Nick. Uh, and we cover a lot. We we uh, we talked about the the home stretch of the Virginia uh, gubernatorial election. Uh, we talked about uh, we we spent a lot of time talking about education and how the GOP uh, can absolutely use the issue of. Uh, education to to beat the Democrats going into uh, the midterms and into 2024. How that is a winning issue for the right. Uh, it's a little weird. A couple a couple dudes without kids. I'm talking about the the issue of education. So you know, all all you parents out there listening, if I get something wrong, uh, DM me on Twitter or email me at. Uh, the no gimmicks podcast at gmail.com love to hear from you but i think you guys will enjoy it before i get to nick uh guys please if you haven't already follow us on twitter at no gimmicks pod please subscribe on itunes soundcloud google play spotify wherever you get your podcasts make sure to subscribe and if you are on itunes please take literally five seconds uh, to leave us a five-star rating and a good review would really appreciate it really helps us out and if you like the show and want to get involved you can support us monthly over on patreon patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast all right without further ado the great nick lindquist All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Nick Linguist. Nick, how have you been, man? Pretty good. How about you? I've been fantastic. Fantastic. I have to get through this week, and then I'm going on vacation. So it's, Fun it's already, At least tomorrow's Friday, you know? Yes. Well, Home, home stretch. <laughs> so, look, we have a lot of important stuff to talk about, but just I, we have to start the podcast off this way. You know how the corporate press, they're they're real dumb all the time? Oh, yeah. and, and stuff and but it but they are great at providing us content and making us laugh so i just want to read a couple of just spectacular headlines from this morning the first is from nbc news quote covid19 vaccine mandate led to 96 percent of tyson workers getting shot yikes <laughs> like i just read it like I, I know the government has a long history of killing innocent people i mean just look at like waco and stuff but like Man, they had 86 the meat processors. Like that seems harsh. Like even for Joe Biden, that seems a little mean. Yeah, that's a little that's a little harsh. Um, I don't think they should have done that. Probably, I, I, if I had to guess, or if it, if it was my decision, I wouldn't have done that. Probably. I mean, in a supply chain shortage, no less. <laughs> I mean, like my no wonder. Ninety percent of your workforce. <laughs> <laughs> Just line them up and shoot them, man. <laughs> my gosh. Oh shoot! The second one's also from NBC News. Man, NBC News just having a just a great day so far. Great day. It's only eleven. My goodness, they're having themselves a day. Quote: Is Arizona Senator Cinema bad for bisexual Americans? <laughs> just <laughs> amazing. My buddy Drew Holden tweeted. Uh, you suggest that their next headline should be, you know, Kirsten Cinema is the bisexual face of straight supremacy. So, <laughs> man, these people. I mean, they just they can't help themselves, can they? Because she doesn't want to, you know, spend trillions of dollars on stuff. It's uh, it makes a lot of sense, you know. If you don't want to spend money, you you're anti-LGBT. It just that's how it works. So, <laughs> how are those things? How are these things connected? Like, how do they get away? Like, I don't know, man. It really tells you something about a person that that's how their brains work. 
Like they truly do. They're like, like, oh, you're not really bisexual. You don't, you only want to spend two and a half trillion, not four trillion. It's like what? Right. Oh my gosh. Like that's just how these people live their lives. Like that's how they view the world. It's incredible. It's crazy. Um, especially like you know they were so in favor of her when she was running. And they they framed it as this like, oh, like it's the end of democracy if if we don't get Arizona or, you know, and now she's there. And since she's not liberal enough for them, it's like she's the devil now. <laughs> Very interesting. Amazing. I mean, just, you know, just a, a typical morning from our friends over at the corporate press, really. But uh, let, let's start real quick with the Virginia governor's race. Man, I think the libs are uh, I think they're getting nervous because. They're going back to the old playbook, the old racism playbook. And I swear, man, these, these people only have one gear. Like, they, they can't, they, they don't have the ability to shift into second gear. Their only play is to falsely accuse Republicans of racism. And it is really evil. I know we're joking about it, but it is really evil uh, if you think about it. But that's what they're doing right now to Glenn Youngkin. Terry McAuliffe accused him of, of racist dog whistles yesterday, whatever that means. Joe Biden showed up in Northern Virginia yesterday to accuse Youngkin of being an extremist. Uh, in in a way that only a man with Alzheimer's can, which is hilarious. I mean, like Glenn Youngkin is like a, a milk toast, like middle, like a Paul Ryan kind of like mild mannered, you know, generic insert name here Republican from ten years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing extreme about the guy. Um, but man, I, I think it is a good sign. I mean, their internal polling must not be showing them what they want to see. Yeah, I mean, for for how quote unquote safe they say Virginia is now um, to the blue side, uh, they seem to be very nervous. And, you know, this is classic Dems. They they pull out this character assassination card when they have nothing else left in their holster Um, and they're doing it to him. They've done it to plenty of people before. I'm I mean, I'm sure you remember uh, the character assassination of Brett Kavanaugh. And they've done it to Mitt Romney, and they did it to John McCain before Mitt Romney. And they, well, they obviously did it to Trump. We remember that. Um, that's just their, uh, that's their like last ditch effort to to just take people down. Um, and yeah, I think it shows that they're really nervous now. And it's it's oh sorry. No no yeah uh, go go ahead. It's ironic too because they actually they elected like an actual racist. Um, for governor on their own side and then tried to sweep it under the rug. Um, so it's just very ironic that this is now happening. I mean, they elected two racists and a rapist. Yes. I mean, <laughs> the governor wore blackface. The lieutenant governor raped a couple women and the attorney general also wore blackface. Yes. I mean, yep. Virginia Democrats, man, just that's that's their team. But yeah. no, no, Glenn is is the racist. So yeah, for dog whistles again, whatever that means. <laughs> I, do, the whole dog whistle thing is like one of my least favorite things that made its way into like our political discourse. I mean, the whole like, like that's not even that's not what, like the point of a dog whistle. Like that term means something only a dog could hear. Like it's 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 so high pitched a human being would never notice it. But leftists they 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 tend to hear dog whistles all the time, which kind of makes absolutely no sense yeah yeah it's very weird it is very maybe they're part dog i don't know i mean don't tell fauci because he will kill them right right apparently (laughs) i can't not a fan of the dogs this man i can believe it but it's it's still shocking to hear that that's what's going on in the federal government you know 
Yeah, it's also weird that Americans care more about dogs than human beings. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Like strange, strange. But man, look, this time around in Virginia, like if if Virginians won't vote for a moderate, middle of the road centrist Republican. After Democratic politicians in their state tried to cover up the rape of a 14-year-old girl in the name of their wicked transgender policies, then I don't know, man. Like, I feel like this is Virginia's last stand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you still want these monsters in charge, brother, that's on you, and you deserve whatever you're going to get. I mean, don't get me wrong. The 14-year-old girls don't deserve to be raped in the bathroom by boys because Democrats want to feel good about themselves. The, the children don't deserve what's going to happen to them. But the voters certainly deserve whatever they're going to get. I mean— Virginians know who these people are at this point. I mean, they know what kind of human beings have been electing with Ralph Northam and, and all these people. Man, if if you can't get off the Dem train now, after what you've seen in, in the Loden County case and all this, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if you're salvageable as a as a voter after that. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if 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 Youngkin loses this, I think. You know, it's very telling of the way Virginia is just going to stay. If if it takes, if even after everything that's happened from Ralph Northam to, you know, Terry being an awful person and and not being able to elect a very normal, well-mannered, um, center-of-the-road Republican, then I think it's pretty much over in Virginia. We should just pack it up and focus on protecting other states. And, um, you know, like making more gains in, in places like the Midwest where, you know, Republicans are actually starting to really dominate. So I guess we'll see. But it's if he loses, that's, you know, that's a very bad sign for, for the Virginia GOP. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can't beat these people now, <laughs> who can yeah. you beat? You know, you've got Biden, you know, making stump speeches for, for uh, McAuliffe, and he's sitting with, like, a 42% approval rating. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it is sad. Like, I, I feel bad for uh, for Virginia voters, man, especially the parents. I think it's like if you're a parent in Virginia, you favor uh, Yunkin at, like, 59 or 60%, something like that. Yep. And, but it's just all these, you know, childless, young, white liberals who work in D.C. and live in northern Virginia who are going to elect these leftists. You know what I mean? Like, they're holding all the the real Virginians, and these are people that aren't. They weren't born and raised in Virginia. They they moved from California, New York, to work, you know, as Dem staffers on the Hill, and they live in Nova. You know what I mean? And they're they're holding these real Virginians hostage. It is sad, you know. I, I feel I do feel bad for these people for sure. Yeah, that D.C. overspill is basically holding the rest of the state hostage. It's um it's pretty sad because, you know, I mean, like I I think I saw a tweet from the. D.C. City Council, like saying how they they want Arlington and and Alexandria back, and I just looked at that and I was like, "Your terms are acceptable. You can take that back, <laughs> yeah, and man. let's get Virginia back." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that seems fair to me. Take uh, it. <laughs> yeah, take it. There, there uh, is some on on the education point. There is some promising news, I think, and mm-hmm. I want to really get into it. But um, the school board associations in both Ohio and Missouri have voted to leave the National School Boards Association over the letter that the uh, NSBA wrote to Joe Biden earlier in the month asking him to send in the FBI to crush parents who are concerned about their children being raped. Um, Big picture, you know, right-wingers talk all the time about how we need to take back the culture, how the left controls all the institutions. I think this is the fight. I think this this is the fight. 
I, I think this is the last chance for the right to make a comeback culturally, and that is to crush the Department of Education, crush government schools, crush the NSBA, crush the teachers' unions, pass school choice legislation in every single red state, you know, pass voucher systems. I think this is the way the right can win. If they can break the leftist monopoly on education that they've held since the 70s, I think that is a chance that the right can make serious gains moving forward in the next, you know, five years or so. Oh, yeah, totally. I've been really pleased to see how fast parents have been waking up to the fact that, um, you know, these public schools are basically indoctrination machines and um, it's taken too long in my opinion, but I'm, I'm glad to see how fast it's turning now. Um, I mean, even going back to that poll with the, the McAuliffe Youngkin um, poll among parents, I mean, that's a really good sign in itself that parents are waking up and saying, okay, well, wait a minute, you know, this is, this is not what we want for our kids. And, um, and actually going back to that corporate media uh, you know, their, their lovely headlines that they produce all the time. Uh, you know, the, the Washington post the other day going like, basically like, you know, parents think that they have a role in how their children are being raised and educated, but they don't, um, just things like this, that it's clear that, you know, the left doesn't really care about families and, and what they're doing to people's kids. It's just a, it's a power play for them. And um, they don't want parents involved because they know parents would not want the things that are happening to their children to be happening anymore. Yeah, and what's funny about that uh, that piece in the in the Washington Post is that, I mean, it's not a gaffe, you know what I mean? It's not like these people are saying the quiet part out loud. They're saying the loud part out loud. I mean, this is truly right. what they believe. Like, they do believe that your children should be slaves to the state and indoctrinated in whatever way government feels best. Like, that is the mainstream position of the democratic party i mean i mean i thought it was a joke i thought it was you know republicans making fake signs but terry mcauliffe supporters have been putting up legitimate yard signs in virginia saying keep parents out of the schools you know elect terry mcauliffe and it's like wow i mean these people man like it's not it's not the choir part out loud this is the stated position of the democratic party in 2021. Yeah, yeah, it's I saw those signs too. I can't believe that. I mean, it's just insane to me that like they think this is a winning position of some sort um by alienating everyone who has a child. Like I don't understand <laughs> the power what the play is here. Um but it but it I mean it goes back to the fact that they've succeeded on this front for decades and now that they're now that it's starting to crack and parents are starting to say, well, OK, maybe we want, you know, something different for our kids than these shitty government schools. Um, sorry if I can't swear on this show. No, you, but, you absolutely can. Oh, great. OK. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I <laughs> you know, I, I think that, you know, with parents waking up and stuff, it's it's starting to scare them because they've. They've actually succeeded on this front for so long, and it's gone basically unnoticed until now. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I've said it before on this podcast, but the most heroic thing Donald Trump said when he was president was it was at a State of the Union. I can't remember what year. It was a couple years ago. Um, but at the State of the Union, he said that no parent should have to send their children to failing government schools. I'll tell you what, I hate stupid political speeches like the State of the Union. They're just awful. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure I stood up and clapped when I when I heard that line, man. You know, like that's that was truly a heroic thing to say. 
Um, I, you know, before before Trump said it, no Republican politician had the balls to say something like that. And right now, every single, uh, especially after this debacle in, in Virginia, man, with the, the rape of this 14-year-old girl, I mean, every single Republican politician running for office should be repeating that line over <laughs> and over. It should be beating their Democratic opponent over the head, figuratively speaking, obviously, with that line, that no parent should be forced at gunpoint to send their child to a failed government school. Like, that should be the slogan of the GOP going into the midterms. Oh, absolutely. I, I love that line, too. Honestly, you know, say what you will about Trump in general. He was probably the best president on education in, like, forever. I mean, yeah. he was just phenomenal. Him and, and Betsy DeVos really made some oh, good she, she was great. <laughs> Yeah, she she was phenomenal. Um, I mean, obviously, Biden is reversing a lot of what they did. But the fact that they were even able to do that is just amazing. And yeah, I think, you know, going into the midterms, Republicans would be stupid not to to take this opportunity to um, really change education and and get elected on education. Um, It's very rare that they're able to do that. And I think they should now, especially in states that are um, vulnerable for Republicans, but where education is just awful, like Arizona, um, where where it's just sort of the education system's a mess, and it's mostly because of government. Um, I think that's a really good opportunity for Republicans to do really well through the midterms. And even 2024, I think this is going to be an issue that just keeps going that long. Yeah. No, I, I think... And I don't know why... Um, I mean, it'll it'll come up now and again, but I don't know why education hasn't been a main issue for Republicans for a long time. I mean, like literacy rates and and all that have been declining for like 20 years. This isn't isn't like a new phenomenon that schools are failing. And, and, you know, blacks and Hispanics support school choice, for instance, at something like a 75 percent clip. Yeah, I mean, like the the only people who, who oppose school choice are childless white liberals from the coasts and awful public school teachers who are lazy and stupid and can't compete in the free market. You know what I mean? Like those are the only people who oppose school choice. Like this has to be a main focus going forward for the GOP. It is a winning issue. And I mean, voters, that's the thing, man. And I'm constantly discouraged by American voters. You know, they, they clearly don't understand economics. Like they don't understand tax policy. Right. You know, they, they don't understand any of that. And, and the, the GOP needs to meet people where they are. Like the Paul Ryan talking about, lowering the the top marginal tax rate or the corporate tax rate from 30% to 28.5%. I mean, that's just not going to resonate to people. The GOP needs to meet people where they are. Talk to them about their children, about how the Democrats are happy to cover up sodomy if the perpetrator says he's trans. Okay, that's a winning issue for the GOP. Talk about how in Chicago the vast majority of high schoolers in government schools can't read or do math anywhere close to at a proficient level. Talk directly to the parents. Like, maybe American voters do not care about the thousands being murdered and raped in Afghanistan right now. Maybe they don't care about the 2.1 million Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps in China. Maybe they don't even care about the debt and inflation, which they should. It's about to wreck the middle class. But maybe voters don't care, but I have to imagine they do care about the interests of their own flesh and blood, their own children. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's in, in you know, like this whole narrative that, Democrats are the party of like, you know, race equality and all of this just comes tumbling down when you look at education because they want minorities to 
have their kids stuffed in these schools that are just awful and don't work and the graduation rates are abysmal. I mean, I grew up in Syracuse, New York and well, the suburbs and the graduation rates from the suburbs versus the actual city were just incredibly different and stark. And that's not a fault of the the students, in my opinion, that's a fault of the schools that they're put in. And even with all of the funding that goes into them, um, they're just not good. Like people need choices in order to actually educate their children the best way they see fit. And it's, you know, it needs to happen. And Republicans need to be the one that takes charge because Democrats don't have the backbone or the desire to stand up to teachers unions and um, and, and, and trying to suggest that we don't put more money in some sort of government program like they are never going to do any of that. Yeah. And and I think another opportunity going forward in, in 2022 and 2024 is that the Democrats, you, you saw it, especially since the, the Afghanistan debacle, because they really don't want to talk about that. They're trying to distract from it. But the Democrats are constantly, you've seen it over the last, you know, 10 years, really, starting starting with Obama. But the Democrats focus on the most bizarre, strange pet projects of theirs. You know what I mean? They, they okay. focus on things that the American people do not care about at all. So, I mean, you saw Kamala Harris talking about the new gender program for the federal government or something. I, I, didn't, I just, I didn't even click on that, on that headline. I don't really know what she means, but talking about, you know, gender equality and, and whatever, all, all this stuff, you know, they they make it, they're making a big push to change how uh, U.S. passports look so people can say they're, you know, like a, you know, a banana or a helicopter or whatever instead of male or female. It's like, these are not issues. Like, these are issues that are, Democratic politicians will continue to focus on for some reason. And right. Republicans will be like, okay, nobody cares about that. How about your children? How about we make the education system better for your children? How about we give your children, Mr. Independent Swing Voter, the chance to succeed in life and get the government out of their way? And, yep. and, you know, just compare that to the messaging of the Democratic Party, which is like, you know, trans bathrooms and, and all this bizarre stuff that nobody cares about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and they happen forever, but I don't know why Democrats feel the need to keep harping on this. Well, I do. I mean, part of it is just they guilt people into becoming Democrats and it, they, they make it like a social pressure thing um, where, OK, like you need to believe all of these things in order to be accepted by society. And that's finally, I think, cracking and Republicans should take advantage of that. But you know, I mean, even in pop culture, it's starting to crack, like with the uh, the outrage over the Dave Chappelle special. Um, <laughs> yeah, that I found I, I thought it was hilarious. But, uh, you know, <laughs> white, white, childless liberals did not find it so funny because they were made fun of. And um, it's it's all of a sudden not OK when it's turned on them. Um, and yeah, it's just. It's it's all coming down, and Republicans need to expedite that process and actually seize it, and and so we can save you know what we have left of our society. Yeah, I mean, and and there's no way the Dave Chappelle stuff was hilarious because I mean there's yes. a hand, handful of you know trans employees at Netflix, and then a whole bunch of journalists, and nobody else cared because <laughs> Dave Chappelle's yes. hilarious. Everything he's done has been hilarious, going back to the late '90s, and I mean like nobody cared like. I, 
I mean, gosh, if especially if you know Democrats, <laughs> gosh, I mean, if Democrats want to maintain their stranglehold on the uh, on on the black vote, I mean, who who do you, who do you think black voters identify more closely with? You know, Dave Chappelle and Kyrie Irving, or like these ridiculous, whiny, absurd liberals right. in, in Silicon Valley. It's like, like how, like who do you think you're winning over with attacking Dave Chappelle for absolutely no reason? Like it, it seems like a, bina- a bizarre move by the Democrats, just electorally speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's, and, and you're totally right. Like black voters don't care about, you know, a lot of the things the Democrats try to force them to care about. And you know, socially speaking, they're actually pretty conservative of a population. So, I mean, it's just, you know, this is all coming out now. And um, I'm interested to see where it goes in the coming years. Another thing to watch, I mean, you're seeing it with like the professional athletes, um, specifically Kyrie Irving for the Brooklyn Nets and others, you know, being suspended from their teams and stuff because they won't get a vaccine. Obviously, this is anecdotal, and I, I hate making the point like, hey, I have a bunch of black friends. But, like, I do live in Toledo, Ohio. The town's half black. I do have a bunch of black friends. None of them got the vaccine. <laughs> like, literally, right. none of them, you know. Um, you know, I did get the vaccine, by the way. I'm not I'm not anti-vaccine by any stretch of the imagination. But, like, I don't know, man. I, I think the Democrats are really playing with fire here. I, they, black folks do not like being told what to do. They do not like being told to inject their bodies with things they don't want. Uh, literally none of my friends who happen to be black are vaccinated. I think they're they're going to... I don't know, man. I do think that the Democrats could be walking headfirst into a wood chipper right now with the vaccine mandate stuff. I just don't think a lot of the, you know, the, the voters that they count on, you know, like the, the working class, the, the black voters, the Hispanic voters, I really don't think it's going to end well for them. No, I agree. And and they're trying to they're trying to use that vaccine point to their advantage by saying like, oh, you know, you know, in these red states, it's not it's a problem of access or, you know, That's you know, absurd. they're absurd for certain communities. But um, no, I think it's just they simply don't want to get vaccinated and that's fine. And they should be allowed to not be, you know, they should be allowed to make that choice for themselves. But no, they're they're just they're they're really trying to make it a, a, a benefit for them, and I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, I don't think so either. I you know it's I, I'm I'm always I you know I'm from a town where it's it's a one party town. You know I've never been represented on any level uh, besides state level by a Republican in my life. You know, so I just assume Republicans are going to lose every election just because I'm so used to it. Like I've literally never had a Republican city councilman, mayor, state rep, state senator, or congressman ever only democrats my entire life and i'm 32 years old so like so that's why i'm always pessimistic about every election from dog catcher up to president because i'm just i'm just so conditioned to lose all the time but like i have to think man (laughs) it's like if you look at the the last several months since at least july or so the democrats are destroying everything they touch they have taken a, a flamethrower to the United States economy. We're heading towards a, a horrific recession, maybe a depression, God forbid. I mean, we're heading towards, well, we already have the, the highest inflation in 15 years. In another few months, it's probably going to be the highest inflation since the late 70s. I mean, people aren't going to be able to afford Christmas presents, even if they can even get them, you know, even if they can find anything in stock. 
you know, children would be going out, going without Christmas gifts. I mean, I have to think, man. I, I get that the the corporate press is still powerful. I get that the American people are extraordinarily susceptible to propaganda still, somehow. But I have to think that people are going to wake up. I have to think that there's going to be blowback on all the destruction caused by this administration and the Democratic Party. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, and if if Republicans play this right and actually show them the numbers, I think it'll work. Uh, I was looking at something from Ron DeSantis the other day about Florida's job growth compared to the country's, and it like like just blows the. It's the like half. Out of the it's water. like half of the jobs last month that were created were created in Florida. Like yeah, a little less than half. It's like 45 percent, something like that. It's incredible because they didn't close and um, they've maintained their business friendliness. And um, they're not forcing people to get vaccines or wear masks or any of these things that are just really comfort measures. Because when you look at the COVID numbers, Florida is not that far off from anyone else. Um, Right now, they're the lowest in the country in terms of cases. Yeah, yeah, because the the mandates were never going to work. And um, it was just something to use to virtue signal to people, I believe. But um, but yeah, I mean, Florida is doing amazing I mean, Texas is doing phenomenal. People keep moving there. And I think Abbott's made some mistakes, but but all things considered, we're, we're in better shape than, say, New York or California, obviously. Um, I think if people see this, and, and people feel this firsthand, because if you can't get a job in New York, but you've found one in Texas, like, that's a significant, um, that's a significant thing to happen to you personally. So, uh, you know, I think... People will experience this firsthand a bit, especially when they're at the gas pumps or at the grocery store. Um, And, you know, if they see the numbers and that's something that they actually care about, you know, that's good, too. But I hope that Republicans seize this opportunity to um, try to rescue this country from from a lot of things that Joe Biden's done that's really tearing apart the economy and and sending us to a really bad place, which honestly could be worse than 2008 if it um, if we keep going the same direction, because we're, we're overdue now for some sort of crash. So yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I and mean, we are we are overdue. I mean, technically, there's usually a, a, some kind of crash, even if it's minor, every 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. And we're going on, what, 13 years? Yeah. And yep. you so you add just a natural, you know, stock market pullback, a national, you know, a, a natural slight recession, and couple that with the worst inflation in forty years. Yeah, might get ugly. It might get ugly. Could get very ugly. Um, vote, vote accordingly. <laughs> yes, yes. Make it, make the, make the drop, uh, you know, less impactful. You know, save yourself from that. I, I would hate to be. Um, in that crash with Joe Biden as my president while it happens. That's terrifying. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. man. Yep. Yep. That's, uh, maybe don't elect an 80-year-old man with dementia. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's not, maybe that's not the best them. plan. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, my brother, thanks so much for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, follow you online and keep in touch and all that good stuff? Yeah, go ahead and follow me on Twitter, Nick underscore Lindquist. And then um, you can find my writings and podcasts and stuff at nicklindquist.com. Everybody follow Nick. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.